I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself, who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. Check out NCJ, MusicCultureJournalism.com. Hip-hop is a global movement reaching all aspects of music, culture, and journalism. MCJ is the premier destination for culture-driven video and editorial content around the country. Check out MusicCultureJournalism.com. Log on today. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly and revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today we have a lot to discuss. This has been a crazy, crazy last couple of days. I want to start off by saying rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace to his daughter, Gigi, and everybody else that was on that helicopter flight that died in that tragic accident. Now, let's go on and talk about some other things first, and then we're going to get to the situation that happened to our beloved brother, Kobe Bryant. Now, recently, the Grammys were celebrated. A lot of people attended. Several other people haven't attended. Because recently, it has been noted by a high-ranking member of the Grammys that the Grammys is rigged. There's a lot of people that are in decision-making power that have a conflict of interest. And it's biased towards black music, which we have known for years. 
there has been several boycotts of the Grammy one year, then the next year they may do something that looks like they are being diversified by putting other individuals on their board or just certain categories that's created for black music, and then we get the bullshit again. That's what happens. So this year was different. Um, I don't know if it was actually at the Grammys or if it was Clyde Davis Grammy parties, but Diddy made a very compelling and profound speech where he pretty much called the Grammy to task. And I'm going to let y'all hear this speech. And once we finish hearing this speech, we'll come right back and I'll give my thoughts on it. So stay tuned, Black family. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast with your host, Raheem Shabazz. For the last two days, I've been conflicted. You know, I'm being honored by the industry that I love, the family that I love. But there's an elephant in the room, and it's not just about the Grammys. There's discrimination and injustice everywhere at an all-time high. But there's something I need to say to the Grammys. So I say this with love to the Grammys, um, because you really need to know this. Every year, y'all be killing us, man. Man, I'm talking about the pain. I'm speaking for all the artists here, the producers, the executives, the amount of time that it takes to make these records, to pour your heart out into it, and you just want an even playing field. In the great words of Erica Badu, we are artists and we are sensitive about our We are passionate. For most of us, this is all we got. This is our only hope. Truth be told, hip hop has never been respected by the Grammys. Black music has never been respected by the Grammys to the point that it should be. So, so right now, this, this current se- situation, it, it's not a revelation. This thing been going on. And it's not just going on in music. It's going on in film. It's going on in sports. It's going on around the world. And for years, we've allowed institutions that have never had our best interests at heart to judge us. And that stops right now. I'm, 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 I'm officially starting the clock. Y'all got 365 days to get this together. We need the artists to take back the control. We need transparency. We need diversity. This is the room that has the power to make the change that needs to be made. They have to make the changes for us. They're a nonprofit organization that is supposed to protect the welfare of the musical community. That's what it says on, on, on the mission statement. That's the truth. They work for us. We have the power. We decide what's hot. If we don't go, nobody goes. If we don't support, nobody supports. We control 
what's cool. We control what's hot. We control what your kids listen to, what they dance to. We control what's in video games. We control how they wear their pants, sag their pants. We control everything. Now, we're not going to solve this tonight, but it's going to take all of us to get this done. It's going to take the artists and executives to recognize their power. And I'm standing here today not to just bash y'all, because as I said, y'all nonprofit organization. We just need to get it right. And I'm here for the artists. So sign me up. I'm here to, I'm here to help make a difference and help us have a positive outcome. And I believe all my brothers and sisters out there would be willing to work on getting this right. Because we just want it right. We just want to be able to go to the Grammys. You got to understand, we seen, we seen Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was holding eight Grammys. He was dropping the Grammys. But you know why he was dropping the Grammys? Why he got eight Grammys? Because they never nominated him for Off the Wall. And so Thriller was his revenge. It wasn't his honest work. It was his revenge. He was like, y'all want to f*** with me? I'm going, I'm going to take your souls. And then we had Thriller. <laughs> My goal used to be about making hit records. Now it's about ensuring that the culture moves forward. My culture. Our culture. The black culture. And for me to be worthy of receiving an Icon Award, I have to use my experience to help make a change. And on that note, I'm finishing up. Y'all got 365 days. And I want to dedicate this award to Michael Jackson for Off the Wall, Prince for 1999, Beyonce for Lemonade, Missy Elliott for The Real World. Snoop Dogg for Doggy Style. Kanye West for Graduation. And Nas for Illmatic. I love y'all. All right, family, we are back. I know that speech was a little bit long. But I wanted everyone to hear it in its totality. Brother Love, a.k.a. Diddy, he's talking about taking control, placing ourselves in a position of power, and no longer letting those from the outside of our culture control the narrative. When we make the hottest music, we set the fashion trends, and we dominate the charts. So for that, I salute Diddy. Now, not everybody likes Diddy, but everybody was in love with that speech, even his haters. Now, one individual, I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with Source Money. Source Money was a rapper. He did a couple of songs with uh, Jay-Z. Um, he's, he, he's a real good brother, you know what I mean, as far as his rapping skills, but he never really made his mark. Uh, he is known as a ghostwriter. In fact, he penned several songs for Diddy. Um, some of his most popular songs was penned by uh, Source Money. 
Sauce Money took to Instagram and he had some words for Diddy. This is what he said. He said, just watch Diddy Icon acceptance speech at the Recording Academy and I can honestly say I respect the message, just not coming from him. He practiced the same backdoor politics against his own people, him and his friend Jay-Z. If the Grammys are on the clock, then you are too. Wow. I'm just going to leave that there because I don't know the whole entire situation behind it. But uh, we know Diddy is notorious <laughs> for um, having situations involving his artists um, throughout the past years. I understand that he resolved some of them with the locks and others. But um, who knows? Maybe he needs to resolve what he, whatever situation exists between him and Source Money. Do y'all feel Source Money is bitter and hating? Because we haven't heard from him for a while. Um, or do he have a legitimate gripe with uh, Diddy? I don't know. Maybe y'all know. Y'all let me know. Email us at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail and tell us your thoughts. And uh, maybe we will read it on our next podcast. The best part of the Grammy this year was the tribute performance to Nipsey Hussle. In addition to our beloved brother Nipsey Hussle winning two Grammy Awards. A lot of people felt he should have won it last year. But this year, he won two awards. And he was remembered at the awards with a tribute. And if you look at that tribute, you see audience members on their feet. You see audience members dancing. You see audience members in tears in remembrance of our beloved brother. So I like that part of the Grammy. That was the best part to me. Tell us what your best part was. Email us at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, real quickly, family, we're going to go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back. This is Raheem Shabazz of Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. Check out MCJ, musicculturejournalism.com. Hip-hop is a global movement reaching all aspects of music, culture, and journalism. MCJ is the premier destination for culture-driven video and editorial content around the country. Check out musicculturejournalism.com. Log on today. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly and revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Persons interested in broadcasting a commercial can reach us via email at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness is distributed on all major podcast platforms iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Google Play. We'll also promote your business and products across our various social media networks, reaching over 100,000 people daily. 
the creators of Elementary Genocide Part 1, The School to Prison Pipeline, and Part 2, The Board of Education versus The Board of Incarceration, present the third installment, Academic Holocaust. Each film produced, directed, and personally funded by writer Raheem Shabazz. Hollywood Chronicles says the documentary Elementary Genocide turns a critical eye towards the dehumanizing educational environment that criminalizes black and brown youth by funneling them from schools to prisons. If you've learned anything, shared any content, or have received any value from the Elementary Genocide brand, you're going to love Elementary Genocide 3, featuring the likes of Kaba Kemi, David Banner, Shahar Razad Ali, Michael M. Hotep, and Professor James Small. To help spread this important message to the masses, visit elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Please share our cause with your family and friends. Necessary Blackness Podcast every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Now, y'all know I am with the shits. And if you are disrespectful to black people... If you seek to oppress my people, you're going to end up in the cross here. If you align yourself with those that seek to subjugate and oppress my people, you're going to end up in the cross here. Even if you're black. So let me give y'all the backstory, right? There is a news anchor. Her name is Allison Morris. And she was... On the news, reporting on the tragic death of our beloved brother, Kobe Bryant. And she said the word nigger. Black Twitter was in uproar, and they let her have it, rightfully so. Minutes later, after receiving the backlash, she apologized. And she gave a heartfelt apology, and I'm going to read you her tweet. She said, Earlier today, while reporting on the tragic news of Kobe Bryant's passing, I unfortunately stuttered on air, combining the words of the Knicks and the Lakers to say, Nakers, please know I did not and would not use a racial whatever, 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 right? Nobody was believing that shit. So here comes Mark Lamont Hill, and he tweeted out minutes later, just getting caught up on this. I heard it. I believe her. Now, let me tell y'all something about Mark Lamont Hill. Mark Lamont Hill is the same individual within minutes of our beloved queen mother, Dr. Francis Quest Wellsons transition. He posted some derogatory things about our beloved sister. When Farrakhan was catching heat, Mark Lamont Hill threw him under the bus. And it's ironic that uh, Farrakhan is called anti-Semitic and he practiced anti-Semitism or whatever the word is and uh, Mark Lamont Hill got accused of the same thing but when it happened to Farrakhan you threw Farrakhan under the bus I jumped in the foray and I tweeted to Mark and I said not surprising he's defending white folks who disrespected the death of Kobe Bryant 
when it was you who disrespected Dr. French Crest Wellsen within minutes of her passing. And he responded back. He said, you're making stuff up. That sucker shit. <laughs> he said, that sucker shit. Okay, Mark. There's still receipts online. Do a Google search and you'll see it. A lot of people screenshotted it, whether he deleted it or not. The receipts is there. So then I asked Mark a question, another question. I said, hey, Mark, are you going to defend the newsman who said Martin Luther Coon? I mean, King as well. And he replied. He said, yep, that's totally the same thing as this. Now, let me tell y'all about Mark. Mark is trying to get that lady's job because she's going to get fired. She's going to get fired. And whether she gets fired or not, Mark is trying to get back in the good grace with these racist white supremacists that controls mainstream media so he could be their puppet. And what he is actually doing is the work of his white handlers in advance for a job, a position. Because we know right now, Mark Lamont Hill is a commutator on Basketball Wives, a reality TV show. So, Mark, you went from being a political pundit speaking on groundbreaking issues to being a reincarnation of Mona Scott on Basketball Wives. How do you go from CNN to VH1? Come on now. Make it make sense. Because I don't understand. But it wouldn't just be fair to target Mark Lamont Hill. You also have not funny comedian Wanda Sykes, who has gone on record as well, that said that she believes MSNBC news anchors denial about using the N-word. They, yo, let me tell you something. When incidents like this happens, you have to look at the coons. I'm talking about, man, this coon train is getting filled with black folks. But some of them, we already expect that from their past dealings with them and certain things they say and how they move and how they interact and what's their position on social and political matters that affect black folks. We already know who they are. But some of them are very surprising. Wanda Sykes, eh, don't know too much about her. But Mark Lamont Hill, we already know what his position is. But there's other people. Some of these people, I have to admit that they're just doing it for the gram. They're doing it for Facebook likes. But I'm going to give you one individual. Her name is Nikki Justice, right? And she follows me on Facebook. And she's supposed to be this pro-pan-Africanist. And there's nothing wrong with that. But some of y'all are too extreme. Let me, let me explain something, right? In this whole tragedy, a human life was lost. This man lost his daughter. A wife lost a husband and her daughter. There were seven other individuals on that plane that all perished, that all had families. This was a tragic incident all the way around. Whether the other passengers was black or white, let's speak to humanity. Now, I'm all for being pro-black, but some of y'all are extremists when you don't have humanity for children. So 
there's an individual named Nikki Justice. You have to go to her page and um, see some of the shit that she been tweeting out. Um, she retweeted or reposted because we're on Instagram. I mean, we're on Facebook. So she reposted someone named Lola Americana. I don't that 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 sounds like a facetious name, but this repost says, "Please, black woman, do not mourn over a black man who wouldn't leave his legacy and wealth behind to." black wife or children, that man's death, life, legacy, and wealth does not benefit you financially nor spiritually. Stop crying over men and begging for the affection of men who never wanted you. In the peak of their success, they ain't buying us mansions or Birkin bags. So why even give a fuck about their death, existence, or anything of that matter? And people are, are, are posting, love this. Uh, I shall not be moved, sis. Wow. First of all, let me say something, right? For those that don't know, Kobe Bryant's foundation gave $1 million, right, to the Museum of African American History. That's what we do know. Everything that this man have done is not public information. And nor should it be. Um, this man was a loving father to his children. There was a lot of people that he helped financially. There was a lot of people that he employed. He had a legacy that will live on beyond him. Most of these people, you saying that he married a Mexican or he, he didn't marry a, a black woman. But some of y'all are married to your jobs and your overseer is a white man. So what's the difference? Let's talk about it. Some of y'all are just too extreme, too extreme. I want to play a video of Kobe Bryant where he was asked about the concept of death. And the title of this video is called Death, Mythology, and Basketball. And I want to... um change the tempo and tone of this podcast because this podcast ain't about these naysayers and individuals that want to um talk bad about the brother in his passing don't even want to have a moment of grief for a fallen hero so we're gonna play this video real quick and then we'll be right back peace and black power family so we are sitting on top of a Mesoamerican muralist painting of a clock. Yeah. I gotta ask, because I feel like the setting is begging for it, what's your relationship with death? A comfortable one. Yeah? It's a comfortable one. It's an it's a understanding. You can't have life without death, can't have life without the dark. Right? So it's an acceptance of that. When it came time to decide whether or not I should retire, that's really an acceptance mm -hmm. of that mortality that all acid tastes. Right, and if you combat it, you'll have always that inner struggle within yourself, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. And I have to ask this because I, I'm dying to know. What do you think happens after you die? I don't know. You don't know? No, I don't know, but I'll know when I die. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a question that you You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, it's really, to me, it's, 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 it's that simple. Okay. I don't know, we'll you see. Just see when you get there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. You got it. Thank you for answering my questions. You got it, man. Over.
exceptionally strange. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How weird is that? That was Kobe Bryant speaking about death. We know death is something that is inedible and it hits hard when it hits. We lost Nipsey. We lost the King of Pop. We lost the Queen of Soul. We lost Prince and now Kobe. They are our stars, and we must remember stars don't dissipate. Just as energy can neither be created nor destroyed, energy can only be transferred or changed from one form to another. If you listen to the interview where he talks about death, the brother understood that the body dies, but the spirit transcends and can't be touched by death. And once we understand death as that, we should grieve for the loss of our loved ones and the ones that was close to us. But we should know that they are always here with us in spirit. Now, Kobe meant a lot of things to a lot of people. He was arguably one of the best basketball players of all times, and that can't be disputed. As a family man, he fathered four daughters and was a husband. In the days following his death, all that will be talked about are his basketball skills. But Kobe was a businessman with numerous lucrative investments. I just read an article where it talked about how he invested $6 million in a beverage company called Body Armor. And his investment is now worth $200 million. So he was a, a businessman after his retirement, as well as a devoted father. Now, I'm going to play another clip of Elle Duncan, and she is a radio personality that used to um, be on the air here in Atlanta. And she recalls the first time she met Kobe. And listen to her description of the trans action that they had when they met one another just to show you the nature of this man stay tuned family this is necessary blackness podcast and i am your host raheem shabazz it's likely that you're hearing many personal anecdotes about kobe bryant so here's mine i met kobe one time backstage at an event for espn in new york and i saw him and i thought oh my gosh that's kobe i gotta get a picture for the gram hmm. that's the picture I didn't get it for a few minutes because as I approached him, he immediately commented on my rather large eight-month pregnant belly. How are you? How close are you? What are you having? Mm -hmm. A girl, I said, and then he high-fived me. Girls are the best. I asked him for advice on raising girls, seeing as though he quite famously had three at the time. And he said, just be grateful that you've been given that gift because girls are amazing. His third daughter, Bianca, was about a year and a half old at the time. So I asked if he wanted more children. And he said that his wife, Vanessa, really wanted to try again for a boy, but was sort of jokingly concerned that it would be another girl. And I was like, four girls, are you joking? Like, what would you think? How would you feel? And without hesitation, he said, I would have five more girls if I could. I'm a girl dad. When it came to sports, he said that his oldest daughter was an accomplished volleyball player and that the youngest was a toddler, so TBD. But that middle one, he said, that middle one was a monster. She's a beast. She's better than I was at her age. She's got it. That middle one, of course, was Gigi. When I reflect on this tragedy and that half an hour that I spent with Kobe Bryant two years ago, I suppose that the only small source of comfort for me is knowing that he died doing what he loved the most, being a dad. 
being a girl dad. Kobe's impact on the world and legendary status is to be celebrated. And it is a true testament to who he was and his greatness. And those who encountered him will continue to raise up his spirit. So he will never die. The legend lives on. And it reminds me of a quote that he says, and that's a famous quote of his. He said, everything negative, pressure, challenge is all an opportunity for me to rise. I do whatever it takes to win games, whether it's sitting on the bench, waving a towel, handing a cup of water to a teammate or hitting the game's winning shot. These young guys are playing checkers. I'm out here playing chess. That's what made him so great. That's what made him the Black Mamba. And for those that don't know, the Mamba is an extremely venice snake. And its origin is from the Sub-Sahara Desert in Africa. And despite its reputation as being dangerous and highly aggressive, the Mamba attacks humans only if it's threatened or cornered. He embodied that killer instincts of a mamba on the court. One of his sayings was, are you a different animal and the same beast? That was a question he would ask people. Now, when you think of your life, try to imagine what legacy are you leaving? Do you have the courage to take the winning shot in life? Are you just assisting your teammates? Did you put in the necessary hours of practice or are you one of those individuals that's just sitting on the bench screaming, put me in the game, coach. Life ain't checkers, it's chess. That's it for me until next week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at Raheem Shabazz. Make sure y'all continue to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got over 100 followers since last week. So we are doing good. We're well on our way to reaching our goal. And once we reach that goal, I'm going to be going live two times a week. Peace and power, black family. This is Raheem Shabazz of Necessary Blackness Podcast. Looking at this generation feeling hopeless. Looking across my shoulder, keep my eyes open. My mind focus, ain't no hocus pocus Cause when it's all said and done, they will all know us Trying to bring us down, keep us at our lowest They thought you broke us, <laughs> but you owe us Be a leader, not a follower, modern day Moses I'm the water to the seeds that become roses Don't let no one put you down Let me see you smile